What we need this morning is this message. It's, it's what the Lord is trying to impart into his people so that we as the body will make a difference in the world. And he has purpose in our life, but it starts with just mano a mano, right? That's why Rochelle said it's an audience of one in worship where we're turning our hearts and our, our, our thoughts towards Christ and, and we can literally sense him placing his thoughts and, and, and love and attention on ourselves and that can be an awesome place to hang out. I, I, I love to be in worship and I love worshiping because that audience of one is real. But that audience of one in worship is, has purpose also. It's designed to fill that system isn't it? So that it becomes that which flows out of us onto others. So there's, there's purpose. It's a two-way street. He's, he's filling us with a purpose, right? With a purpose. And what's his purpose? For us to be able to love others the way he loves us. Man, we could go home after that. <laughs> if, we, if we could just get what that looks like, Amen. One of the struggles I believe that we have as followers of Christ is that we still are in this place of not really understanding our identity in him and understand how much he truly does love us. We still have guilty consciences or past things that come to mind or failures or just bad thoughts, whatever that is, it just come in just like, how can he love me, right? I mean, just how can he love me? And we get kind of stuck in that place. I know Christians, that followers of Christ, that have been stuck on being able to love themselves for years. Like, they just can't break through this, how can I be lovable? I just, you know, are you talking to me, God, when you say that you love me even though I was yet a sinner? Are you really talking to me? Because I don't sense that. Anybody relate to that? I think we all go through seasons of that, maybe, or, or, or phases of that. But I got news for you. There's, there's breakthrough in it. For many of us who feel we're, we're stuck, uh, we've got the antidote this morning. The Lord wants to share with us the antidote to your feeling as if you're not worthy. Isn't that good news? Man, it's worth coming to this morning. Amen? So let's just start in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, You were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Now, I don't think I need to remind anyone of what this feels like or what this looks like. As a matter of fact, this is that thing that becomes hard for us to get over. Because I was, I was dead and I was in my trespasses and my life was looking like this and it still has some familiarities where I still do some of the things and I still, I still think some of the thoughts and all of that. So I, I feel like this is where I am. I'm still dead because I used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. Do you realize that in that place where your life was living in death, you're actually being commanded by some supernatural force commanded like like he was orchestrating it just wrap your minds around that for a minute and, and, and certainly we followed that because it was the way of the world and it's what way seemed right onto man I was following, and, and literally the whole time, I'm searching and seeking and looking for love and purpose and value and attention and not finding it anywhere. So literally, I'm being, I'm being led to death. Isn't that crazy? 
That's where we all were at one point. We all were there. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But, everybody say, but God. But God, like, like everything was going along, going along, going along, going along. The, the ruler, the commander of this world, the this, the this, and then all of a sudden, but God. Can you see it? Like it's coming at you, coming at you, and then all of a sudden, God steps in front of it. Amen? Like, hmm, daddy's in the house. Amen? And my daddy can beat up your daddy. I know it. Amen? So the but God, but, but God, so rich in mercy, and he loves us and loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Just amazing, right? So he says, it's only by God's grace that we've been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and has seated us with him in heavenly realms because we're united with Christ Jesus. So God, here's, here is, this is the so part. So God can point to us. Put some thumbs up. Point to us, okay? Point to us in all future generations as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for it. This is a gift, amen? So it's not like I'm worthy of his love. He gave it to us freely. He says, you're worthy, you're valuable, you're precious to me. That's the way I created you. The gift is I'm restoring you to that place. And your part in it is to believe that he's but God. You just have to believe the but God side, that he's come to reverse and reconcile all those things as if you had never done any of these things, as if you had never even sinned. Now, how do we wrap our mind around that? I mean, gosh, yeah. It was like, whoa, that's impossible, dude. No, it's not. Because <laughs> he's God. He created all things. He reconciled all things onto himself by what he did on that cross, taking all of the punishment, all of the sin, all of the sickness, all of the disease, everything contrary to him, died with him there, rose us again with him. Now he seats us in heavenly places. You're in heaven right now. Yeah. On earth. Right. On earth as it is in heaven. He wants you to live in that place. Amen? Hmm. Yeah. That's such good news. And, and he, he's going to use us, right, to show everybody else salvation's not a reward for doing the good things we've done so nobody can say, look at what I did, for we are God's masterpiece. I love this expression because he's molding and shaping us all together. Like, can you see a mosaic picture that God has created? He loves to show off, man. He loves to show off. Go to the fair. If you went to the fair and went to the fishing game deal, there is the ugliest bird that has ever walked the earth and is sitting in there just skinny as a rail, but it's got the most beautiful gold crown on it. Did anybody see that? The crown was just like, I'm like, wow, God. I mean, come on. He just had to throw a crown on the ugliest bird just so we knew that even the ugliest of us are going to have a crown. Amen? I mean, amen? He loves that stuff. Man, just so awesome. 
And he created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. That gives me goosebumps. It's like, once we get it, then we get to do what he's planned for us to do forever. Like, he's got a plan, a destiny on your life in this mosaic picture. And he's blending it all together in this perfect, perfect picture. And you're in it. You're in it. And he's been, he had been waiting, he'd been waiting and waiting and waiting until you believed to put your face right in it. Amen? He saw you in it. He was waiting for it. And then finally he could say, now I can show my beautiful grace, have this picture be that which what I am, and reflect onto others so other people would know how good God is. What a gospel message. It's just so real. And it's all foundationally built in love. 2 Corinthians 5.17, I think every week we have this scripture up here. And if you haven't memorized it yet, keep coming. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new, a new life has begun. This morning, a new life has begun. This morning, this, all things have become new right now. And the Lord wants to fill you, your cistern, with the love of Christ so you have, don't even know what to do with it. Like, like I get so anxious for Sundays. I mean, I do. It's like, it's like all that the Lord has been pouring into me, into my life, each and every day, this is where I get to let it go. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just like, he, he's like Energizer Bunny. <laughs> he winds you up and like... <laughs> and this afternoon, I will nap. <laughs> but it's so awesome. It's so awesome. I, I, I pray that in Ephesians, this prayer for us, in Ephesians 3, 16, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Mm. It's so my prayer for you. Then he said to the crowd, if anyone wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Say, give up my own way. Mm, that was a little weak too, but I'll let it go. Uh, Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. As I was going through this scripture, here's the revelation that the Lord gave me that those of us who are stuck in that place, like, if I really want to live... I have to lose. I have to lose that old self, whatever that old self was relating to. Uh, memories, inclinations, imaginations about my old self, and all things need to come new in my thinking. What's, what's his greatest commandment? Our next scripture says in John or Luke 10, Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? 
the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. We've been quoting that forever and ever and ever to be able to recognize that loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength is how we ultimately understand our value, right? We understand what he's done for us. We love him and he loves us, okay? Now, Jesus said in, um, in John 13, this is Jesus speaking, now I am giving you a new commandment. He's shared already what the old one was, but it's not new. But now he's giving you, he says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. Just, just allow, that, allow that to soak in. The new commandment, it's a commandment, so it means you can do it. it, it it's a commandment, so it's, it's a choice. It's a commandment, so... You have like an action in response to it. He says, my commandment, my new commandment is this, is that you love others the way I have loved you. I heard a really good definition of love in this way. It is the compassionate, righteous concern for the well-being of others. compassionate, righteous, meaning right standing with God, what's my motive, sincere concern for the well-being of others. That's his love for us. That's, that's what he's asking. When he says, love each other, he's asking us to love each other, not in a self-seeking way, but in a sacrificial way. And I know that I know in the place that I know that when we begin to do that in a way that maybe we have never done before is that's where the flow of the love of Christ for you begins to pour out on others and it comes back on you like huge. It, it, it like closes the loop. It's, it's no longer just, I, I don't know how I'm loved. I just don't sense it. But when I sacrificially and under the command love others with a compassion and really care for their well-being, man, it just lights up everything. The love for me changes. The love about myself changes. It's, it's, it, there's a balance. You can't do one without the other. But there's so many of us that are stuck in this place that, oh, I'm still, you know, I'm still not sure I can love them because I don't love myself yet. You're not going to love yourself until you start loving on your neighbor. Isn't that good? And, and where do we get a chance? He's talking specifically about brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's keep going. 1 John 2. Ah, this is awesome. Oh, no, let me back up. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my followers, that you're my disciples. Do you see now the, even the purpose in it? How is the world... Okay, let's ask a rhetorical question. If, God, if you were to go around to your neighbors or friends or, or just uh, go to the mall and say, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of a Christian? Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. That's the first thing. Hypocrite. Now... <laughs> 
how is the world? Wouldn't it be crazy if you went around to the mall and, and, and you say, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Christian? Oh, man, I love them Christians. They just love you. They just care for you. They're concerned about your well-being. They just love you, man. There's nothing I can do. They just keep loving me. Man, he's really quiet in this full gospel church right now. <laughs> How is the world going to know? Unless we can love one another. And you know what he's saying? It starts in the body. He's saying specifically it starts in here. It starts in the row you're sitting in. There's many people that come to church like some Sundays and they don't want to be involved. Guess what? You can do church anywhere. You can stay home. You can do it on your TV. You can do it on your iPhone. You can, you can have the best preachers in the world right at the palm of your hand. You can do it in your bedroom. You can do it in your house. You can do it in the car. You can do it anywhere. You don't need to be here to do a message, to hear a message. What you're here for is to love each other. And unless we're gathering together, we're not developing that flow. The flow that's going to really solidify your identity in Christ. We need each other. I need to be loving you. And I need to be loved on by you. And it needs to be that everyone in our rows senses that from Christ out of a what? Compassionate, righteous concern for the well-being of the person sitting next to you. Well, you know, that one over there I can do really well with, but that one drives me crazy. Just give me those three, I'll love on them, and you can have the rest. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man, that's how the world, that's how our heads operate. But I would, I will, if we were to take this test, maybe a challenge. If you could think of a brother and sister in Christ right now that you have the hardest time loving. <laughs> you know where I'm going. And you just start loving on them. I'm talking about sacrificially, sacrificially, compassionately concerned for their well-being. How are you going to do that? Through prayer. Lord, give me the power. Give me the power. Give me the divine power to be able to love on them the way you've loved on me. Help me to see them the way you, that you see them, God. Help me to love them the way you love me, Lord. Give me the, the capacity because you won't be able to do it on your own. That's what he says. Love them the way I've loved you. He's the one able to do it in you in, and through you. Amen? Amen? Oh, I'm a little bashful or, you know, I don't like to get into other people's business. Well, what if you have what that person needs? Like in the early church, it said nobody was in need because everybody knew everybody's needs. Right now, we come in here, oh, how's it going? Good. <laughs> How can I be praying for you? Oh, nothing specific. <laughs> Man, you're just lying right out your teeth. We all have needs. We all need each other. That's why the body comes together. And to be transparent about our needs and say, wow, can I just pray with you about that? Can I walk alongside you in that? 
Or, or, or maybe while you're here, even in this time that we've been together, the Lord has given you something for someone, maybe a heart for somebody, like, oh man, I just see that person is hurting. Like you just see it on their face, their countenance, whatever that is, that the Lord would reveal that to you. You know what? There's a purpose in it. So you can love on that person the way Christ loved on you. Well, I don't know everything. You don't need to know anything except for the love of Christ in you. You don't need to know anything. You smile at them and give them an ear for a couple of minutes. Hold their hand and pray with them. Say, God, help them. Whatever that looks like, just show them the love of Christ without something expected in return and watch what it does for the love of Christ in you. You're going to go home this afternoon and say, man, I have that in me. I kind of like that about me. Amen? I, I, kinda, I can love my neighbor as myself. Because I've loved them the way that you're loving me, Christ, and it completes the circle. And then the world, if we were to do that in this room right here, just this group of people right here begin to do that, this community would never be the same. I'm telling you, it would never be the same. It, it would never be the same because they would say, oh I, oh, I get a lot of comments. Oh, I hear really wonderful things that are going on out at the Church in the Pines. You know what the wonderful things are? That. That you guys are beginning to love on each other. I see it. It's popping up in different places. I just see it. It's not about programs. It's not about, oh, we needed this group and this group and this group. And Wednesday night's here and Tuesday night's here. We've got eight pages worth of new stuff going on in our little newsletter. And the, not one of them is about the program. It's about an opportunity to connect with one another and to be able to love on each other the way Christ loves on you. That's all it is. And we can do it every Sunday. We can do it all week, throughout the week. I heard a statement that says you never feel connected until you connect with like 30 people in a group. And that's a lot. Well, this afternoon we're having a picnic. There's a chance to connect with a couple hundred Oh, well, you know, nobody said hi to me. Oh, get over it. <laughs> Go say hi to them. Maybe they're saying the same thing. Nobody's saying hi to me. Me neither. You want to stand next to each other? Man, look at this group. They're all having fun. Why don't they come and see us? Hmm... And if all you did, all you did was just compassionately and righteously think about the well-being of somebody else rather than yourself this afternoon, you're going to be saying hi to a lot of people. You're going to be just getting in their business about just life. Body of Christ. He, this is so fun. So 1 John 2 Man, where does the time go, though? Oh, that's crazy. Should we stay? Yeah, okay. You have to say yes, right? First John 2, 7. Dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment to you, for you rather than an old one that you've heard from the very beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before. Yet it's also new. Jesus lived the truth of this commandment. And you also are living it. For the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. 
That's why just in this group, the light is already shining and the darkness is disappearing. Let's keep on keeping on and watch what the power of light has over darkness. Amen? This is so cool. So, yes, Jesus lived the truth, and now the true light is already shining. If anyone claims I'm living in the light, but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. They've not had the breakthrough of the flow through. Amen? They may love God, but they're not living in the light. They're not living in the life because they haven't learned that the love that they have is other-centered and not self-centered. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. But anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. This is talking about a believer. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Again, that trap of thinking that I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I don't love myself, uh, how do I love myself more? You can be trapped in that dark place to the point where you're ineffective to the body of Christ because you haven't begun to the, follow the commandment that says, love your neighbor the way I've loved you. Good stuff, right? So 1 John 3, if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we've passed from this death to life. There's proof in the pudding, but a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart, and you know that murders don't have an eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Hmm. That's part of the take up your cross. If you want to gain your life, you lose it. If you want to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. If you give up your life, you save it. This is where the sacrificial part goes. This is the other-centered part. This is where the living in the light really comes to light. <clears throat> If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Bless you. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, amen, and he knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence and we'll receive from him whatever we ask because we obey him and do the things that please him. And this is the commandment. Believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commands remain in fellowship with him. Oh, God's been so distant. I just don't hear him right now. I've been praying about this need that I have, and I just haven't heard anything from him. It just seems like it's such a dry season. I don't know. I think, I, am I in this test? Is, it, what am I, what, have I done something wrong? I, I just don't seem to hear his voice any longer. 
how we remain in fellowship with Him is by loving on others. So it might be that you have to sacrificially get over yourself for a little bit and begin to love on somebody that you see that's in need. Maybe even pick out the one that's least lovable and you go towards them and you begin to love on them sacrificially and you watch how loud the Lord will be speaking to you that day. He's going to be loving on you like crazy, encouraging you because you are doing that which he had planned for you to do long ago and you're finally doing it. And he's standing up there with all the angels rejoicing in what you're doing. And he's so proud of you and so pleased with you and so excited about you. And you're beginning to feel a little bit of that coming on you. And he's just, he says, take off the top. I'll pour more in. I'll pour more in. If you can handle it, I'll just keep pouring more in. Can you handle a little bit more? What are you going to do with it? Is what he's going to say. What are you going to do? I'll keep pouring it. What are you going to do with it? I'll keep pouring it. What are you going to do with it? Because you can't outgive God. He's going to literally drown you in his love. If you would try to outgive him in that area, you will not be able to help but feel the love of God on your life. Blessings will follow wherever you go. Amen? Woo-wee. That's so good. That's truth right there. You can chew on it, swallow it, and live it. Here you go. 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Do you see where you're the conduit to the world of what love looks like? The full expression of the love of God is in you. For the purposes of loving on others, so the world can see how Christ loved you. Man, and God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in us. He lives in us and us in him, and vice versa. We love each other because he first loved us. And he has given us this command, those who love God must also love their fellow believers. We got a mission. We don't have to look very far. It's all around us. I encourage you, if you're feeling like a little bit like, uh, gosh, I'm not sure that I'm, I really understand the love of Christ, maybe it's time, maybe he's asking you to begin to be courageous and sacrificial and just loving on those around you. And let him fill that seeming void with the flow of his spirit in your life onto other people and see what he doesn't do for you.